0: It's the week of Thanksgiving, Carol. It surely is, which means that finally we'll be able to turn on Christmas lights outside without neighbors going, tsk, tisk.
1: I get that. But you know what? I find this little segment of time a nice pause before the whole season begins.
0: Let the season begin. But yes, the pause is very good. And we can remember that we are very blessed. Yes, and share those blessings with others. That is true. And now, let's get going with this week's episode. Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana, where I have a suburban
1: garden measured in square feet. It's about a third of an acre. And I'm Dean Ash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden on several acres out in the country, too darn many. We call ourselves Garden Angelus because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening, and
0: we want others to love it, too.
1: Yes, we do. And we aren't afraid to spill the beans and tell all of our gardening secrets, the good, the bad, and often the ugly. But that's enough of who, what, when, where. Let's move on to this week's episode. Good afternoon, Carol. Yes, a rare afternoon recording, Dee. Yeah, that doesn't often happen, but we had things to do. And so we're doing this on Tuesday afternoon, which means we're going to have to hustle our buns to get all of our stuff out by tomorrow, tonight. We'll, we'll we be We can fine. do it. We can. How about your garden, Dee? So I'm not doing much. I mean, it is the week of Thanksgiving. I watered plants in the greenhouse and we've actually been working on the propane heater because... It, there's something wrong with it, and we may have to replace it. They're just not made very well, you know, they aren't made in the USA. That's all I'm gonna say about that. So, I've got um, we did get the leaves blown off the front grass, and I have a tiny front shady lawn, and we had to get the leaves off of there because they will smother my fescue.
0: Well, that you know, that heater acting funky, what we call that is planned obsolescence, yes. So it's only supposed to last, you know, so that's why I keep my old appliances. As
1: one guy said, they may be old, but they are gold. In other words, they are fixable. Yeah, that's what the guy said about my washer and dryer, actually. He said, he said, don't buy a new one. So he put a new bearing in my washer this year. And you know what? It works like a charm. It doesn't look that great, but I mean, good grief. It sits in a closet, basically washes clothes. So what's going on in your garden?
0: Well, on Saturday I picked up some greenery at the greenhouse. She opens up for just a few weeks because as she says, I have to buy all this holiday greenery to decorate my house. So I might as well sell some too, but she had some what they call grab and go containers where she had already like made up the the greens She'd in the organized container. It. Uh-huh. So I picked up a couple of those and plunked those outside and um cut some some off my spruce and put that in a few places. But the one pot that I wanted to put some stuff in is frozen solid. It was so cold. Oh, so It has
1: been really cold. How cold is it today? So today is actually not too bad. It's
0: 50 degrees. But yeah, it was but it's, but, been, it's been below freezing for so many days in a row and one day maybe it was Sunday, I don't know. It was like 18 degrees in the morning. 18. Yeah. That's really cold in November for us.
1: Yeah, we were twenty. I think we were twenty-four one morning. That's and it cold was like, for you. Are you kidding me? That's too cold. We don't do that stuff till usually January. But it's been a weird, it's been right. a Weird November. I did start some more
0: microgreens, and uh, you know, because I'm working on my indoor crop rotation, It's like I harvest some, I start some, and <laughs> trying different varieties.
1: I wish I, I wish I loved them more. I, I try. They don't well. They just don't
0: do anything for me. I've come up with some, a system, so there you go. You're you're very good at systems. Do you want to do the next quote or it's the first the first quote? quote? I do. Modern man thinks he loses something time when he does not do things quickly. Yet he does not know what to do with the time he gains, except kill it. True that.
1: That's from Eric Fromm. That I should have said. Um, that. That's okay. I'm helping you out. (laughs) So this we decided for our flower topic that we were going to talk about considerations for planning your flower garden because I've been working on a plan for my cut flower garden and I've decided I want certain things in certain places and the best way to do that is to sit down and draw it. Um, But we decided that we wanted to talk about like um What to think about? Like, say, say you have a landscape, you know, like a bed or a border in front of your house, and you want to put flowers in it. What What are some of the considerations you should do? Well,
0: the first what thing you should
1: think? do is figure out what side of the house it is. Exactly, and let's hope it's on the east side of the house because that's the best side.
0: Yeah, because I can tell you, south side sounds nice, but my front border with the south exposure, I cannot figure it out yet, and I've been here for twenty five years
1: well it's hard because you know it's really hot it's really really hot and even in indiana it's hot and so it's the same thing with the north side even here you have to you know account for a lot of the shade because the way the sun moves the north side of your house gets really shady really fast during the day and then in the winter time because we both live in the prairie it's cold so let's hope you have the east side the east side's the best but guess which way mine faces? Have we ever talked about that? We haven't. I'm going to say north. No, mine's faces west. Which, but here's why mine is really complicated. And I have worked and worked on it, and I've almost got it figured out after 34 years. So it faces west, which says hot, hot, hot afternoon sun. It also warms up really early in the spring because it's in a it's in the shade. But there are no leaves on those trees, right? And so before the trees leave out, it is kind of hot there. And that'll cause everything to break dormancy. And then things freeze really bad when we have a last freeze. But, you know, so the point is, is everybody has problems. Um, well, here's the
0: real point, Dee. 34 years and you ain't figured it out. 25 years and I haven't figured it out. The point is that nothing is figured out quickly in gardening. It can take decades
1: to come Uh up with just like the right thing. It can. And I figured out that for me, the right thing was to put um, some understory trees and make it kind of woodsy looking and it looks really good, but it took a long time to get there. And then I have one, I have two tall pots and one pot is in sun almost all the time and the other pots in shade. So I had to figure out how to make that work, too. And honestly, hookaras work really well in there and a few other things. I've got to let the cat in, so you say the next part. Well, I was going to say the next part was on your pots, since
0: you have two tall pots on each side of your front door, do you want them to look the
1: same? Yeah, I like them to match and that's really hard to do, but coleus works because it can be grown in sun or shade.
0: That is true.
1: Elephant ears work pretty good because there's some elephant ears now that came out of Hawaii, some varieties that do really well in sun and shade. And I put the elephant ear in the back because it's taller. And the cool thing is, is the way the sun hits because of the trees, it doesn't get full sun all the time. But the stuff in the front of the pot does. So I do things like variegated ivy, because variegated ivy can handle anything. True that. So that is good. So, yeah. So
0: you have down on the notes, another thing to consider is what creatures live in your garden.
1: Right. So I think, you know, and when we talk about creatures, we aren't talking just about pollinators. It's all, you know, we talk sometimes about the soil web. Well, also there's a hierarchy web of creatures that live in your garden. So there's birds and there's, you know, if you don't have insects, you don't have birds. And people who like to watch birds need to have insects. Um, Can I stop you there and tell you my bird story? I would love to because I have a bird story too.
0: So I came home the other day from the store. I pulled up in my driveway and there is a gigantic owl sitting in my Japanese lilac tree out front. Yeah. And so I thought, I wanna take a picture. Well, no more, and I'd stepped out of the garage as it fluttered away. I thought, the next time, I'm gonna start a video and just start filming, and then when I go out and it flies away, at least I'll catch it flying away. But it was obviously waiting to eat a little bird at the bird
1: feeder. Sure it was. So here's so that's the thing about bird feeders. (laughs) Um, sometimes they can become definitely uh, snacks, the birds at them, can become snacks for the hawks and the owls. And I've the seen hawks before. I had not seen an
0: owl that close. I've heard them in the woods mm-hmm. behind the people across the street. But that was the first time. This thing, I'm telling you. They're huge. I'm telling you it was 18 inches tall. If And people say, oh, you're exaggerating.
1: no. No, it probably was because I've seen them up close. I had one fly over me once right at dusk in my front driveway, scared the bejeebers out of me because they are big. They're huge and loud. I'm glad I'm so on Instagram. I was going to post a story
0: about my, and I had to put a cartoon owl in the tree to say, Look what I saw. Most people got it.
1: Sometimes that happens. So the same thing happened to me this last week. I was sitting on the couch. And all of a sudden, I heard a big bang at the back window. And I turned to look because sometimes the birds, even though I have stuff in the windows to tell them not to come in the windows, sometimes they get confused. Well, this one was being chased, and that's why he did it. And he and the hawk both hit the window. It's a good thing that the window didn't break, or I'd have had a hawk in my house. Oh, I don't want a hawk in my house. No, thank you. So I looked outside on the deck, and here's this hawk kind of stunned, And he or she, because I don't know enough about hawks, but it's a red-shouldered hawk. Anyway, it's perched right on my deck railing, and it keeps looking around, and it's looking at me inside the house, and it's looking down, and it's looking at me, and it's looking down. And I was like, there must be a bird on the ground, you know, where the bird hit the wall. So I go walking over there to kind of shoo it away, and it it grabs that bird, and it flies away with it. And I was like, they are so big. You just don't realize how big they are until you come up close. They are big. Anyway, where were we on planting your flower, about We were talking about the creatures in your garden. So that's a good example. What we both shared is a good example of how that hierarchy works. You know, it starts out with insects and things down in the ground in the soil, and then it just goes up from birds on up or lizards or frogs or toads. All of those things live in your garden. Snakes, too. I know people freak out about snakes, but... Most of them aren't deadly. Um, It's important. So my suggestion is, one of my suggestions was, think about others and then instead of growing begonias this year in your front bed, grow pentas if you have sun. Or grow the small salvias like Victoria blue, something that helps butterflies because both of those help butterflies, but they also help bees hummingbirds if you get red pentas they love hummingbirds hummingbirds love them instead of doing a climbing rose i'm not against climbing roses but think about doing another type of vine like um, cross vine if you live down south it won't work for where carol lives because it's barely hardy here um, there are lots of things um, american wisteria american honeysuckle all of those native plants Really attract um, the larvae of butterflies, which I, and sometimes they attract both. So, and there's another one that I was thinking of. The one that the oh gosh, my cat's over here scratching at the door, so he's kind of driving me nuts. Um, the the passion flower. That's what I was thinking of. Passion flower. Passion flower attracts Gulf fritillaries, and if you want to see the whole life cycle of the Gulf fritillary. Find a passion flower vine. So those are just a couple of exact examples, and yeah. So I gotta let the cat out again. That cat is wanting
0: to be on the podcast. Apparently,
1: he wants to be on everything. He's in every video.
0: So I was gonna say while Dee is letting the cat out, the Salvia Victoria Blue. I bought some of that, and it was in my front pots, and it
1: was still blooming when I put the greenery in this Saturday. I'm not surprised it blooms forever. Another, can you grow Dahlberg daisies? I don't. There? I don't have any idea what a Dahlberg daisy is, so I'm thinking it's I a don't. little short flowering daisy-like flower, and it's yellow and it has kind of ferny foliage. You don't really see it in the trade much anymore. But I had a friend Wanda, and she bordered her whole garden in yellow Dahlberg daisies on the sun part of it. Yellow Dahlberg daisies, and then behind it, she had Victoria blue salvia. It was beautiful together, and both of them reseed, but um, not to an extent where they drive you crazy like some other things. So, well, and we I'm talk looking. About, you're looking for Dahlberg Daisy. Yeah, I'm going to tell you it's, whether we can grow it in Indiana. Okay, I know you can grow it in Oklahoma, and it's and it does really well here, but you just don't see it much anymore. But you could get seeds and start your own. You
0: know what it says on this one what? website? Get that out of the way gosh
1: darn that ad! it says zone 11 huh well you know what it doesn't overwinter here it just recedes we grow it as an annual i didn't think about that of course anyway it's really pretty it smells really good when you crush the foliage i like it a lot i don't plant it every year but butterflies love it and then violets you could you could do violets in the shade and I know violets some people think are a bad word. Um, because they are they shouldn't be listening to this spreading. podcast if they think violets Probably are a bad. Probably not, word. because they we both like Go away so much. if you think violets are bad. Go away. <laughs> so my violets, my dog tooth violets, grow in two spots. They grow under a tree where I can't grow anything else, so they cover up bare soil. And they also grow in another bed where it's pretty hostile conditions. Yes, they spread. And the reason they spread is because mice eat the seeds. I mean, they eat the covering around the seed. Uh-huh. And then they spread them around, which is kind of cool. So That's... you're helping mice. And I know nobody wants to help mice, but you need mice. Because the mice are eaten by other things.
0: Mice are eaten by hawks and, and owls. And that saves the birds.
1: It does save the birds. So, you know, grow them. So I just thought, you know, instead of growing begonias and impatience every year, you don't have to. And um, Victorian bedding plants are boring. They are. And also, we were going to talk about letting go of perfection. So yes. So go of perfection. You don't have to have a perfect garden. Mine is not perfect at all. Um, even when I open it, it's not perfect. It might have weeds. Who knows? I mean, I just do the best I can
0: that is right do the best you can perfection has no place in a garden
1: so and if you're trying to create fall color or if you want something to bloom every season that takes some real studying as does growing things for pollinators i would suggest reading doug Talamy's books if you're going to try to start to grow for pollinators you can also look on my blog i mean i write about it a lot um then there are other blogs, too, and there's some people that work really hard with different creatures on um, Instagram. But as for fall color, that's all, you know, a lot of our native plants have beautiful fall color. And we don't grow our natives enough. And I'm not a pure native person. I mean, I still love Ogon Spirea, which also has great fall color. I still love Japanese maples. They also have beautiful fall color, especially the green ones. So just think about what you want before you start. And, you know, if you live around here, you can hire me to help you if you want to. There you go.
0: And so we're going to link to an article you wrote called, It's Time to Plan for Next Year's Garden. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to say one last thing about having something in bloom all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: So when I started that Garden Bloggers Bloom Day back in 2007, which seems like a long time ago. I realized, you know, like September was sort of a down month in my garden, oddly enough. There wasn't anything new coming along. And so I tried to think of new flowers for every month. And I I don't know what I came up with new for
1: August, but I just go back to those bloom day posts and then I can see. Well, like trout lilies, don't trout lilies start to bloom in September in your garden?
0: No, that's a spring bloomer.
1: No, trout lilies aren't spring bloomers. Yes, they are. Japanese. Well, the ones I have are not. You're thinking of the native ones. I only have the native. Oh, you don't have the ones that bloom in the fall?
0: I do not. Now I think I need them.
1: Oh. Yeah, Japanese trout lilies are pretty cool. Um, They do like to be eaten by things like deer, so that's enough. I don't have a
0: deer problem, so that's okay.
1: I have a deer, but so far he's not interested in my garden. He just... Passes through. Of course, we don't encourage him, and the dog hates him. So it could be that. It could be that. Shall I do the next quote? Yes, please. One of the first conditions of happiness is that the link between man and nature shall not be broken. Leo Tolstoy. So we decided to talk about vegetables and start thinking about planting your vegetable garden now, not on the first nice day of spring. Pick a nice day in fall instead. Yes. And so... Carol does more vegetable gardening than I do now, but we can, I can I can riff with you. Okay. So the first thing I ask is,
0: you know, is the ground prepared? Because as you noted, the first nice day of spring is not the day to go out and sink a shovel in the ground and start a vegetable garden bed. No. Fall is the time to start new beds because then you can layer on all kinds of mulch and leaves and things and that gets worked into the soil as you've said by Earthworms and microbes and all those things, it breaks down. And so you'll have that soil ready to go in the spring.
1: Right. So if you're going to add something like back to nature or grow cover crops or what, or if you're going to, like, I'm going to go out and plant my bulbs this week. And so I'm going to trim back some of my perennials. I have to in order to find a place to plant bulbs. I'm going to chop those up into pieces and just lay them on top. I've already decided that's how I'm going to do it this year. That's
0: good. The next thing I said was, you need to think about, ooh, what vegetables do you like to eat? It does no good to grow
1: vegetables that you absolutely hate. Right, grow things you like to eat. I, I can't stress that enough. I tell people that all the time. I think that's the first line in my book on the first page about vegetable gardening. But I will say this. Is there something that
0: you're just sort of like, mm, meh, nah, yeah, I could care yeah. less. Give it a try. Give it a try because you might decide that when it's homegrown, it is so much better better because it is usually
1: yes turnips turnips radishes all of those things taste better
0: after they do been grown.
1: and then consider whether you're
0: going to start something from seed or grow the plants yourself now some things like squash green beans corn you're going to plant seed
1: directly into the
0: garden directly into the garden but things like tomatoes and peppers you can choose to buy plants in the spring or you can sow those yourself indoors And if you're going to do that, you kind of have to think in advance, okay, I need flats, I need soil, I need, you know, pots or something to put in those, I need lights. You're probably definitely going to have to have lights. Yeah, you have to have lights for those vegetables especially. So once you figure that out, you know, then you can sort of like lay in all your provisions in the wintertime so when it's time to start those inside, you're ready to go.
1: Right, right. Um, I had a thought about that, though. The nice thing about doing it from seed, or at least a couple of things from seed, is it gives you something to do in a February when you're bored. Because here in February you might start or March, March here, but you could start. You know, you can start thinking about it and getting all of your supplies at least, and then and then you'll have. You know, it'll take a little bit to set up your lights. So when people get that think done. people think March
0: Madness has to do with basketball. It has to do with getting your seed started here.
1: Truth, That's the truth. Yeah, it didn't have anything
0: to do. And that leads to my next thing, was schedule time on your calendar to do this because I always tell people what gets written gets done. I used to tell that at work, what gets written gets done, so keep a list.
1: Were you a hard taskmaster at work?
0: You know what? I was the best boss any of those people had ever had, and when I left, there were tears. People were like, oh, no. Now, I, you yeah. know, there's been such turnover. I tell people, I ask people, have I reached legend status? We had this crazy director. Her name was Carol. You would not believe some of this stuff. That's all I wanted. I just wanted a legacy of legend. Oh, that's all. Not much else. <laughs> so I would recommend if you don't have one, you should start a garden journal. A written one is good. hmm uh-huh. Um, if not, you can put stuff on. I still use the Trello board that I was all hepped on last year. Still using that to keep track
1: of the vegetable garden, especially. There you go. Um, yeah, I don't have a garden journal, and we've talked about that in a previous deal. Um, we do have a podcast if we can find it. It's one of our extra podcasts, and it was all about how to start a vegetable garden.
0: I bet you could find, find that link for to me it
1: in our. Substack. I'm pretty good at finding these things. Okay. So, um, this year, one of the things I've decided to do is that I'm going to plant fewer tomatoes this year because I grow everything in pots now or in raised beds. I've quit the whole, I don't do the in-ground thing anymore. I did that for a long time. I don't want to do it anymore. Um, but I'm going to plant fewer tomatoes this year because I can't eat all those tomatoes and fewer varieties of peppers and i but but i do know one thing that i've already written down and i want poblano, shishito and big jim and jalapenos those are the peppers i want those four i'm not going to be i'm not going to grow paprika or scotch bonnet i never ate a single one of the scotch bonnets they're I've too been. hot and they're too hot and i don't want to eat them Okay, and then um, I'm gonna. I'm also gonna grow a few more things. I'm gonna grow fewer pots, probably, uh, maybe, but I'm gonna grow some more things in pots and see if it works because I want to try. So I might even grow climbing beans in pots and put them up against that fence. See what that see would what be nice. Is planting is fun? It is. What are you gonna do?
0: I'm gonna grow more tomatoes and peppers from seed, or not more, but I'm gonna keep growing them from seed i stopped for several years but to get what you want you buy the seeds plain and yeah, simple i've already
1: bought some seeds I so have too. you oh yeah some tomato seeds because there's certain things i want to grow that are weird yeah and so i'm gonna grow
0: i'm gonna probably do fewer pepper varieties there was one and i won't talk about i can't even remember the name of it it didn't keep well in the refrigerator
1: is on yeah, medicine. nobody wants that.
0: Nobody wants that. Uh-uh. Um, so, you know,
1: cubanelles are good peppers too. If people don't like heat, that's another really good pepper. Oh, I always grow, always grow cubanelle.
0: Always grow cubanelle. They ale. stay
1: in the fridge forever.
0: I know I mean, these, these others didn't. Never
1: rot. They Yeah, it. we don't want stuff that that rots. Okay, so that's what we think about vegetable gardening. The one thing we didn't mention that was in our notes was um, to be sure and grow things in different spots. So. If you grow things in pots, you'll have to change out your potting soil, which when I tell people that, they all groan because potting soil is not cheap. It's expensive. But there are some good potting soils on the market that aren't that expensive that you can use. And the truth is the Blue Stuff brand actually has one under a product line called Organics with an X at the end. And it's very good stuff and it's very reasonable. So that's just a tip. A very good tip. Okay, I'm going to do the next quote. Go for it. Fill your house with stacks
0: of books in all the crannies and all the nooks, Dr. Seuss. Or I this was... the Carol's Kitchen version is, fill your kitchen with lots of cookbooks like D. Nash
1: does. <laughs> but not as many as the lady who does, um, oh, Mad Hungry, goodness. She is more than anybody I've ever seen. But this is a cookbook that we're going to talk about this week. I was very excited, and I ordered this before it ever came out because I love The Biggest Little Farm. I love the video of The Biggest Little Farm. I've watched it twice, and I also watched the second update. I mean, I, I really love it. And if I ever get to go out to that part of California, yes, I'm going as a tourist to see the farm. Same thing with the chef's garden. If I ever get a chance, I'm going up there and seeing his farm because there's just something delightful about it. The name of the cookbook is the Apricot Lane Apricot Lane Farms because that's the name of the farm. Cookbook: Recipes and Stories from the Biggest Little Farm by Molly Chester with Sarah Owens. Here's the thing about this cookbook: um, It I'm going to probably give it to someone that I'm probably going to give it to my friend Debbie, and when she hears this podcast, she's going to squee because she'll be glad to get it. Um, this cookbook is not the way I cook at all. And I, if I were 30, I might want to learn to cook this way. And I know Debbie does some of this stuff already. So the point behind this is to get the most out of your food. um, So it's the most healthy. So, like, she sprouts seeds. um, She um, soaks nuts. She makes nut butters and nut cheeses. And in other words, it's a lot of work. Oh my gosh, is it ever a lot of work? And. I looked at all the recipes and it's a huge book. I'm going to wheel back for a second and grab it. Okay. It's a huge, beautiful book. That is a big, beautiful book. It It is beautiful because you get to see um, different things. And I'm now in the section that's called Therapeutic Uses of Plants on the Farm. And um, I'll be interested to read that section, but I think I'm going to give this book to my friend because this is more how she cooks than how I cook and um, I just don't see myself making some of this stuff. One thing I did like about it is this is a multi-use farm, which goes back to that regenerative farming that we talk right. about all the time. Right, And And, um, you know, they have pigs, they have chickens, they have, uh, I think they have beef cattle or somebody nearby does, but they definitely focus on pigs, ducks, chickens, things like that. Mm-hmm. There's a cool scene in the movie where – they have a terrible snail problem, and the snails get eaten by all the ducks.
0: I was going to say, sure. you have ducks, you don't have a snail problem.
1: Exactly, but they didn't have ducks until they had a snail problem, and then they let the ducks go into their um, orchard, and it's like the one of the best parts of the movie. So my advice is if you want to cook in this very holistic California style, this is the cookbook for you. If you'd like to just read a cookbook for fun, This might be the cookbook for you. I'd wait until it goes down in price because it's pretty expensive right now. Get it from your library. It's a wonderful cookbook. It's just, it's too much for me. I probably won't.
0: Yeah. My sister, my sister had a friend who would buy whole wheat. I mean, the wheat kernels and then she would grind her own flour. Right. That's a lot of work.
1: It's a lot of work and there's a lot of that in here and um but yeah, you know what? I really admire them and I admire that they feed everybody on the farm that works there and so I love their work ethic. So, the again, the name of it is The Apricot Lane Farms Cookbook: Recipes and Stories from the Biggest Little Farm by Molly Chester and Sarah Owens. We have li- we will link to it. I hope I didn't turn anybody off of it. It's just I would probably get it at the library.
0: Well, here's the thing about it that I was just thinking One thing they're doing is they're keeping alive all that old knowledge like that my grandmother had, you know, as a farm housewife, how to do those kinds of things because you didn't, you know, for shame to go to the store and actually buy a can of something and you could can it yourself.
1: Well, sure. I mean, my grandmother made all of her clothes too. and um, But, you know, maybe I will make something in here. I don't know. I I just, I've read it, and I've read over half of it, and I'm like, wow, this is complicated.
0: Well, I challenge you to make something out of that cookbook.
1: Okay. You still have not made your buckwheat pancakes, I'm just saying.
0: Okay. So, do that next quote.
1: (laughs) I am so far from being a pessimist. On the contrary, in spite of my scars, I am tickled to death at life. Eugene O'Neill.
0: True. And the dirt. Isn't
1: that the truth? I mean... You have a choice. You do. Um you can go around being melancholy and worried all the time or you can choose to be happy and I choose to be happy. I f- I find that the people who live the best lives are curious about everything.
0: Yes. And that's the I would I w- speaking of curiosity. So our dirt the first one is I found this history of suckators, which is what the yeah. British call pruners. Right. And it's pretty. a pretty long article and rather in-depth, but apparently when pruners were invented, all the gardeners are like, no way, because you could prune something so much faster with secateurs than with the knives that they used, and they thought if it took less work to do, they were going to lay off half the gardeners.
1: But they didn't. They didn't. No, but people always worry about that. They worry about mechanization. But it's funny to think that they worried about it from knife to scissors.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's a. What are. We'll put a link to that article. And then I thought for fun, I would include a couple of links here.
1: Um, the set of little pruners and shears, it's a pruner and a shear. Oh, my gosh. I love those things. I found them at a store, and I, I shared them on my Instagram, and people went nuts. They're so attractive. They and are. So and sharp. I took them
0: to show and tell at Garden Club back in September, because our speaker uh-huh. fell through, and they look at me and say, what should we do, Carol? Because I'm the president. And I say, okay, we're going to have old-fashioned show and tell, so... Bring a book or a tool or something you are excited about. So I took those, had them in my back pocket, and uh, yeah. I got a text from one of the members. She was going to buy a set for her daughter for Christmas. And on the big A, I know a lot of people don't like to shop at the big A. These things are like 14, I shop at the
1: big A. It's very convenient. Fourteen bucks for the pair.
0: That's nothing.
1: They're super cheap. I bought them. I think mine were 21 so they were not as cheap because I bought them at a local store. And mine are in that beautiful sage green. But on the big A, they come in a bunch of different colors, which is kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, the ones I have Because you won't lose the bright ones. Orange and red. My, my sage ones you could easily lose out in the garden. Mine are orange and red.
0: Then also, you can never go wrong with Felcos. The only thing I would say about Felcos is there's so many different sizes, you do want to try them out.
1: Yeah, I think if you're going to buy those for somebody for Christmas, they need to kind of know about it and tell you which one to buy because they're very distinctive, and I've had, I have, well, I have several pair. But for I, my you know, little hands, my
0: hands are kind of tiny compared, and they're not yeah, as have to strong a grip stuff. as I used to have.
1: Right. I mean, it. I
0: need a certain Felco. The, some
1: of the big ones you just can't. Yeah, that one's nice. so I'm showing and telling a pair of pruners I have, and these are from Dram. And these little suckers, I'll see if I can find a link to them. Mine are orange handled, and um they are precious. They're like little Felcos. Uh-huh. And they're bypass printers and they'll cut almost anything and they fit your small hands. Well, put a link to And They to are them. heavy duty for such small things. And I got them at a I got them at a Garden com deal. They gave them to me, and I have loved them and used them and used them. So I will link to those. I'm sure I can find them on there. I I do love Dram's products. They have great products. I like them a lot. Well, they're nice people.
0: They're from Wisconsin.
1: Nice, nice people. Made. I think they're also made in America, but I might be wrong. About
0: you that. might be wrong there. I know the little pruners and shears that I like are they're made in Japan or China or something. Oh, I'm sure. So do the quote. In fact, looking back, it seems to me that I was clueless until I was about fifty years old. Nora
1: Ephron. We, I mean, I love Nora Ephron. I love her writings because they make me laugh. She was, she was something else. Um, she did when Harry Met Sally. You've Got Mail. She did a bunch of things. It's great movies. Great movies. Great movies. Great plays. Um, okay, so rabbit holes. You don't have one written down, but you're thinking about. I it, have right?
0: a rabbit hole to talk about.
1: Do you want me to do mine first or you?
0: I'll just do mine really fast. I went, I'm still down in the rabbit hole with Lizzie Page Hillhouse, the author I talked about uh-huh. last week. Uh-huh. She had a whole section on how to force Lily of the Valley into bloom, which I'm all obsessed with. And so I'm going to dig some out this week and put them, clean them up and put them in the refrigerator to force. Is that what you do? Yeah. Now that you can't buy them anywhere. But she had a whole thing about you know, obviously in her day and age, you couldn't just go out and buy them either. So I did a blog post and I'll link to it, and it shows how you go through and and do all that fun stuff. So Ooh, that was cool, my rabbit, rabbit. I have
1: some lily in the lily of the valley in my shade garden I might be able to I bet dig you could you could. I need to check to make sure I've got enough because I've just got it really started. It's not the easiest thing to grow in Oklahoma unless you have just the right spot. And people here think it's an invasive weed. All righty then. Yeah, it just depends on where you live. So my rabbit hole is about cooking because I cook a lot. And um, quite by accident, I found this new show on the Magnolia Network, and it's La Pichon, Cooking in France. And what it is is it's Julia Child's French House. And back when she and her friend wrote um, their second book, they had already done their first book. Um, they, she could not own property in France because at that time, you couldn't. As an American, you couldn't really own property in France. So her friend bought a big piece of property and let Julia and her husband build a house on it. And they named the house La Pichon. And um, this couple, this young couple, I'd say they're in their 30s, they and their friends, because the two women took Le Cordon Bleu um, classes and became chefs, and they with their husbands bought the house and all of its contents. They were still there, a bunch of them. They have old papers of Julia and everything. And then they decided to open it as a cooking school. But it's unusual in that it does not have recipes. It is all, they teach you methods. Like the first thing is to teach you how to make an omelet, the French way. Um, Anyway, I found this show so life-affirming And beautiful and sweet because they are just reopening after COVID. They bought Uh everything and then COVID happened. And so they couldn't do anything. And so they worked on the house and stuff. And um, they redid the kitchen exactly like Julia had it. So you're working with tools from Julia's time, including her stove. And it still works just fine because she had a very nice stove. And old things do work forever you know it's like so they now have chickens and anyway it's fascinating but it's really life-affirming because all these people come from different parts of the world to take these classes you stay for one week and they teach you all these methods and you eat fabulously and um people come who don't really cook to people who really cook right and it's just such this a just I can't think of any better words than life affirming. Beautiful, beautiful. You it's should, on the magnolia. You should
0: put Network. it on your list to go take a one week cooking class from them. It's only eight thousand dollars to take that class. How
1: much? Eight thousand. Oh I thought you said eighty thousand. No, just eight, but you gotta get there and that's expensive. So probably not going to go anytime soon, but it is a dream of mine now because, gosh, that would we be... Could, we could
0: start a GoFundMe account to try to get you some money to go to...
1: To send D to France. Sip uh, for cooking might take to school. GoFundMe. So anyway, La Pichon. It's, it's wonderful. It'll make you feel good. I, I watch... I, like, I won't watch them all. I'm savoring them. Oh, that's good. Like a, like a fine wine, you must
0: Sip and savor.
1: Mm-hmm. Sip and savor.
0: So garden commissions. What are you going to do? Uh, it's, be- it's beautiful weather out there. So I am going to try to get the final mowing done. I want to put up my Christmas lights. I'm tending my microgreens and houseplants and ordering tomato seeds. And the zinnias are still standing there all browned up. And I thought, oh, I should probably pull those out. They're not doing any
1: good. And I'm going <laughs> to dig up some lily of the valley pips. That's enough, don't you think? Yes. And I'm glad you wrote a post about it because now, if I do want to do it, I can do it. Because you and I used to order the pips. That's right. But sometimes they arrived frozen. It wasn't always, it didn't always work. Um, What am I going to do? What did I say? Oh, since the weather's so good, I have boxes and boxes of bulbs. (laughs) I've been working on a blog post and um, I'll have to cut back some perennials, which I talked about on Instagram on a real. And lay out the bulbs in the Jacqueline Vanderclute way, and plant those babies. And then I'm also going to put some daffodils up in my row of trees that I can see from my front door. Very nice. This is all in keeping with ten ways to enjoy your garden more. Plant
0: things where you can see them. That's right. So, and I was going to say, people in Indiana, if you have a chance, if you did not get your bulbs planted this week, is an excellent time to plant the bulbs. I talked about that one pot being frozen over the weekend, but things, I mean, 50 degrees today, so things are not frozen, and you can get
1: out there and plant. So you do sure it. can. So do it. And it's finally cool enough here. It, we had a very warm fall. So I think that's it. That is it.
0: We want to thank you for listening to the Garden Angelus. I hope you've hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. We publish every week on Wednesdays at 12 a.m. Eastern Time.
1: If you listen to Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review that helps us get noticed by others. Could you share our podcast with your friends? Word of mouth is still the best way to get the word out there.
0: And be sure and check out our show notes for links for more information about today's topics,
1: plus links to our own websites. And subscribe to our Substack newsletter, the Garden Angelus, at substack.com, which is also linked to in our show notes.
0: And if you want to help support us, use those affiliate links if you buy something after clicking through on them, we're in a small commission, and it costs you nothing.
1: It was lovely to chat with all of you or all of you over the garden Gate this week. Bye until next week. Bye, everybody.